stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo to talk about how you can survive and thrive during the stock market sell-off. Usually I'm joined on this type of show about the sell-offs by Kevin Cook, one of Zach's senior stock strategists. You know him. And he and I have uh, been on many times in various sell-offs over the seven years I've been doing this podcast, talking about what you should do. And I will have him on soon to give his insights and expertise because it's always so good to hear what Kevin is doing. And I don't know, he just uh, seems to calm me down. And I think he calms down a lot of you guys listening too. But for today's episode, since he's not here, I am going to steal some of his advice that he's given on this episode year over year or every time we've had a sell-off. Now, obviously, here in 2022, this stock market sell-off is a little more severe than some of the other ones we've talked about. Although the 2018 sell-off in December of that year, remember that one, that one was pretty severe too. But we've all seen the headlines about how this is the worst start to the year since like 1970 in stocks and and all of that stuff. So we're all pretty much feeling the pain here in 2022. And we need some advice on what it is we should be doing. even though we all kind of know in the back of our minds what it is we should be doing, we still need to hear it and we still need motivation to head in the right direction, right? So I'm gonna steal his advice and his first and biggest advice always on this type of show is that every investor should have a plan. So when stocks are selling off, you really don't have any control, right? I think that's the part that really gets the most of us um, other than the the part about you know possibly losing some money that's always bad too but it's really not knowing what is going on not knowing when the sell-off might end uh, wondering as you watch your stock you know fall why is it falling you know maybe the earnings were good and it's still falling and so that's the lack of control but you can regain some of that control by simply having a plan. So what do I mean by a plan? The first thing you should always be asking yourself is, why are you investing? Why are you buying stocks? If it's just for fun on like a Robinhood app, uh, you know, that's okay, but you should still have a plan, even for your Robinhood account. So maybe that plan is, I'm investing $1,000 in some uh, what I consider to be my favorite stocks on Robinhood, and I want to double it in three years. That's a plan. Or it could be something bigger and something in an account, uh, you know, that's in like Fidelity or Vanguard or somewhere else. It could be that you're trying to save money for retirement or your child's college fund Or maybe you're thinking, hey, in like six or seven years, I might want to buy a house and I want to save for that. And maybe I want to save in the stock market. So you need a plan for all of those things. And it's happening much further in the future. 
So you have some time to uh, you know, ride the ups and downs in the stock market and these kinds of sell-offs. But a plan will help you control your emotions. I think it'll help you so that you don't get quite as frustrated about the sell-off and uh, you know, quite as uh, depressed, let's put it that way, because you have the plan and you're putting it into effect. So you are taking back the control from Wall Street when you have a plan. Now, a second thing you could be doing is to be diverse in your investments, to be more diverse. So what does that mean? So maybe many of you have all or a lot of your money in the large cap growth stocks. We all do. They've been the big winners over the last decade. So how could we not own them? And that includes the FANG stocks. It includes FANG Man, the extended. It includes Tesla. It includes you know, Shopify, uh, Mercado Libre, uh, Alibaba, all of these big cap growth techie or just growth stocks that have been you know, popular and big winners. We're all in them, but maybe you're too heavily in them. You may need to diversify into other caps, maybe some small caps or some mid caps. Maybe even though the smalls haven't been doing well in the last 10 years, they've really trailed, but maybe now's the time and you need to uh, have some exposure to those. Maybe you need to have some value stocks now instead of the growth or income stocks instead of just the growth. You know, there are other options than just the large cap growth. But your plan and, uh, you know, if you put the plan into effect, that will also direct you about what you need to do with your diversity and what you feel comfortable with. I've always said, if you can't sleep at night, then that investment is not correct for you. And that's true of a certain stock too. So if, if you are having trouble during the sell-off with you know, anxiety and you know, sleeping and all of that, um, there's nothing wrong with you know, changing course and getting to a place where you are more comfortable. So uh, keep that in mind. But your response to what's going on in the sell-off kind of will tell you what you need to do going forward. So for instance, Amazon shares, which I own in my own personal portfolio, and I know many of you do, haven't really gone anywhere for the last 18 months. And now they've traded down big on this last earnings report. So they already were basically just kind of treading water. They were down like 5% over that time period, but now they're down big. So how are you handling that? How, how have you done over the last 18 months? Did you sell, you know, nine months ago and avoid the rest of this downturn? Um, have you been patient? Have you, you know, still believed that the shares are, uh, you know, gonna continue to do what they've done for the last 10 years? Um, all of these things will go into what you will be doing going forward because a lot of this is, you know, your own uh, emotions about stocks and where and how you are handling your plan about stocks and about your portfolio. So Amazon does not pay a dividend. So it's been 
you know, more difficult to deal with even just the treading water part of it during those months because other big fang stocks in 2021 were hitting new highs, but Amazon was not. It was just kind of sitting there and you weren't getting anything because there was no dividend. So um, you see these trends happen a lot when uh, you have a certain asset class that is really hot. We tend to stay with the winners, right? Because they have been winners and we've been taught over the last decade that you know, Amazon only goes up for the most part, and it's it's a great company, and the stock um, has been hitting new highs during that period. So you only will see once the trend uh, changes for an, an advanced period of time, changes in our investor behavior. So lots of investors abandoned energy and the bank stocks over the last decade, as those went nowhere for the most part. They had some mini rallies, and then you know they, that would peter out, and then they would sell off, and then you'd have another mini rally again, and that would sell off. So most of those investors have gotten out over those time period because it just becomes too painful to try to stick around. Dollar cost averaging isn't really working because it's not really going anywhere. There's never a, a true breakout. And uh, some of those companies even cut their dividends during that time period. Some of the, bank, the banks did after the financial crisis, they were forced to. But uh, the energy companies even after the big downturn in 2014, 2015, a lot of them cut dividends. And only recently has that come back. So there was no real reason for investors to stick around. Some of this is similar to a lot of people who got out of tech in 2000 to 2010 for similar reasons. So I've often told the story of Microsoft, my Microsoft investment in the dot-com bust. So I did not own it during the dot-com boom as an individual holding. I owned it in you know some other... ETFs and whatnot, but not as an individual stock. So when it started to sell off in 2000, I thought this is a buying opportunity. It's Microsoft, you know, it's making billions of dollars. So I started dollar cost averaging, but the stock went down and then it went down some more in 2001. Then it went down some more in 2002. I kept buying, but it wasn't going anywhere. And in those years, it wasn't even paying a dividend. So I wasn't getting anything. And meanwhile, other stocks were in a bull market already in those years, like energy, and they were off and running. So I ended up selling out of my Microsoft shares, even though I was dollar cost averaging. And even though they did get cheaper, I ended up selling off, I want to say, because I don't remember exactly, around 2004, 2005, I think I finally got out of there. And Microsoft didn't hit its former 2000 highs again until 2013. However, it was paying a dividend by that point. I think it paid at least one special dividend in there initially to get rid of some of its cash. So the cash wasn't the problem with Microsoft during all those years. It was simply that the trend has cha had changed. Growth stocks were out of favor. And, uh, you know, tech and growth really didn't go anywhere. So many on Twitter blamed management 
for those years. So whenever I bring up the story about how I owned Microsoft, I bought, you know, as on the way down, it was cheap, it went nowhere, I sold, and it didn't go anywhere until 2013. They're all like, well, it had the bad CEO during those years. But Amazon, remember, also plunged down during the dot-com bust, and it didn't retrace its highs until 2009 either. And then Cisco, one of the other big winners from the 1990s, still has not retraced its high. So I took a look at Cisco's 20-year return uh, from our current date when I'm recording this on May 3rd, 2022. So I went back to May 3rd, 2000. So the NASDAQ had just peaked in March of 2000. Cisco hadn't sold off that much yet by May 3rd of 2000. That was still to come. But over these 20 years, if you had uh, just had owned it in May of 2000 and you had held on all this time, you would be down 12%. That's not with the dividends reinvested because Cisco now also pays a dividend. It was not paying one in May of 2000, however. But it's down 12% over those 20 years. And the S&P 500 during that time period is up 194%. Yet Cisco, remember, was one of the big winners of, of the 1990 to 2000 decade. It was up over 10,000% from its 1990 IPO, and then over this next 20 years, down 12%, basically, in that time period. So just because you're the big winner of the prior cycle does not mean you're going to be the big winner of the next one. Now, Microsoft, after 2013, did start to turn it around, and those stock, that stock was at new highs and has had a nice gain during the pandemic and uh, the last few years. So that's a little bit different story than Cisco. So I am showing you the, the real dark side with the Cisco and Microsoft, not so dark. But still, Microsoft, um, you know, it took all those years for that big winner to finally become another big winner. And I don't think many people realize just how long it is to hold a stock even for three years or five years when it's going nowhere let alone one when it's going um nowhere for 10 years or more so uh these are a lot of questions people are asking right now all of us who are in the stock market that own these big growth stocks and it's not limited just to technology it's other stocks that have also had the big run-ups, like the Chipotle's, the Domino's Pizza, one of the best performing stocks the last 10 years. Um, Starbucks also maybe round-tripping back to 2020 lows here. So all of these are, um, you know, had big growth spurts, but that looks to be, uh, you know, ending here. So my advice is to look beyond the Fang and the Fang Men. Yes, they were winners over the last 20 years. Many of them have been winners, but we're now entering into this higher rate environment and these big growth stocks may not be the winners you think they're going to be during this kind of environment. Look for new industries and companies with a long history of thriving. These are often called boring. <laughs> Those are the boring stocks, Tracy. Yes, they're boring, boring for a reason. 
But those are the types of stocks that often do well, as we saw in both the 1970s and also in the 2000 period when, uh, you know, basically the value stocks did become in again. And it wasn't just a small six month rotation into value. It was a multi-year event in value. And so a lot of those companies are tend to be a little older. They tend to be the winners in their industries. The market is ignoring them because they're boring, right? Uh, but they don't end up ignoring them during these value cycles. So I took a look on Zacks.com for number one Zacks ranked stocks and ones that also have the Zach style score of a, like the aggregate style score. So this, and, and they would have sales growth too. So these stocks are kind of the, the ultimate ones of the Zach's uh, screening capabilities <laughs> because the number one ranked stocks are only about uh, 220 stocks have the number one rank and that's the strong buy. And that is because those earning estimates are on the rise. So, and in this kind of market environment, that's something good, right? So they're not slashing their their outlook like Estee Lauder just did because of the China lockdowns. No, they're saying, hey, things are even better than we, we thought, even with inflation, even with a consumer, you know, possibly slowing, even with all these challenges, we are looking at even better for the rest of the year. There are companies doing this here in 2022. They're not all Amazon. <laughs> They're not all Netflix. They are uh, thriving. So hopefully the screen would screen out some of this because it's hard to get that Zach's number one rank right now. So you're probably raising your guidance somehow to get it um, or you're in energy where uh, it's, it's just crazy increases in earnings for the energy sector. But also to get the Zach style score of A, so the style score includes value, growth, and momentum. And so those scores combined have to be high enough to get the A. And I did not screen for value for this screen, but all the stocks are super dirt cheap that show up with the aggregate style score of A and the number one rank right now. So that's telling you um, that the best uh, stocks on the Zach's uh, recommendations, both the style scores and the Zach's rank are also value. You can see the change from the growth over to the value type of cycle just in what this is giving me in this screen. So I screened for this and I got 35 stocks that uh, have these, you know, very kind of rare combination of both the one and the A on the style score. So what was in here? Well, yes, there was a lot of commodity stocks, um, especially energy, because even though a lot of them haven't even reported earnings yet, the analysts are already raising their estimates. Um, the energy companies are still beating those estimates. It is a record quarter in the first quarter for the energy companies with both uh, you know, WTI and Brent crude up over 100 and natural gas at multi-year highs. So these companies are seeing huge cash flows, uh, special dividends, 
share buybacks, all of that, but remain cheap because those earnings are expected to be elevated as we go through 2022. But there's some other interesting ones also on this list. So I picked up five and I want to talk about um, uh, kind of what's happening, how cheap they are, you know, what what they did say in their earnings and um, none of them are in technology. So this is what we need to do now uh, to thrive during this sell-off is to look outside our comfort zone, outside tech and even growth, even though some of these do have growth, <laughs> but uh, techie growth, let's say that, let's look outside of that and all of these stocks have earnings, so none of them are, you know, saying five years from now we might have positive earnings. No, they all do. And um, a bunch of them have dividends, but not all of them. So let's dive right in. So the first one out the gate, I've talked about it before on various podcasts, AutoNation, ticker AN. Year-to-date now, these shares are up 3.8%. They were down earlier, but they are getting a little bit of a boost here because everybody assumed autos were done. Peak auto happened in 2021. I mean, how many consumers need cars? How many are buying? But they still are buying. So uh, Street's getting it wrong on peak auto, but the shares of the auto retailers are still struggling a little bit here, but that's why they're dirt cheap. So AutoNation, forward PE now, um, get this, forward PE of 5.4. That's it. No dividend, though, with AutoNation. There are dividends with some of the auto, other auto stocks. Um, I am going to do a podcast on those, probably for the Value Investor podcast, but um, there are some that pay dividends outside of AutoNation, but they're not one. But AutoNation, you know, this, the demand is still there. There aren't enough used cars. There aren't enough new cars either, which is going to impact the used car market in a couple of years because I don't have my lease to come off of lease in three years, right? So interesting times for the auto retailers. The one on this list is AutoNation, ticker AN. Then I do... I did pick out an energy. Uh, there were many on the list, but this one has not yet reported as of May 3rd, but they are reporting this week. So I'm expecting another uh, great quarter and a record quarter from ConocoPhillips, ticker COP. They are a pure play um, exploration and producer in oil and natural gas. So they're not refining and they don't own service stations. And they pay a dividend. Uh, the base dividend right now is yielding 2.4%, but there's special dividends and their share buybacks. So tune in to their earnings to find out what those are, because it does not show up on Zax.com or Yahoo Finance unless they're combining it, which Devon Energy, for an example, is combining it with their special and their base. So the Devon one is correct on Yahoo Finance for the yield, but um, some of these others are not combining it, so it's not giving you the full picture. How cheap is it? PE of just 6.6, because the earnings are soaring. Year to date, the share's up 37%, so it is one of the big winners. All of energy is here in 2022, but I still like the group because free cash flows are where it's at, as the Fed's raising that rate, they don't need to borrow any money, right? They're not going to go to the banks. They don't need financing. 
They've got plenty of that cash slashing around. That's what I want to own with the Fed tightening. So ConocoPhillips, it's in my value investor portfolio. Ticker COP is the ticker. Then staying on commodity side, but on the chemical side. So the chemical companies all have pricing power as well. Still strong demand. Uh, economy still doing well, including manufacturing. And so the chemical companies are also looking pretty good, but they've been kind of discounted this year as well. So Huntsman is the one that was on this list, ticker H-U-N. Year to date, the shares are down 1%, just one, but the S&P 500, remember, is now down 12% as of this recording on May 3rd, 2022. So they are beating the S&P 500 here, so not as terrible as the S&P 500. Dividend, they do pay one, it's yielding 2.5%. That's that's pretty decent, that's pretty nice, 2.5%. PE is just 7.9 here. So um, that's pretty good. They've got the number one rank and the A on the style score. So take a look at some of these chemical companies. They're not the only one on the list. And they've been reporting pretty solid quarters here um, as the global economy continues to improve off of the pandemic. So Huntsman is this one, ticker H-U-N. Then we're going to switch over to the transports. Now, some of the transports have been sold off, too. And I'm not talking airlines. I'm talking logistics and transport. The stock is Rider System, ticker R. So it's just one letter. They've been around so long, they've been awarded the one-letter ticker. That's pretty rare. So we all know Rider. Many of us have rented a truck over the years. But their big business is really on the commercial side. And they have, as customers, many of the top food and beverage companies in the United States. So um, they have a market cap close to $10 billion, so bigger than what you think is Rider System. So they already reported earnings for the first quarter. They beat, they beat big, and they raised for the full year. So this is one of the ones where everybody was doom and gloom, but it's not doom and gloom. So these shares sold off big this year because everybody said, oh, trucking is over. Oh, um, you know, Omicron hit everything, which it did. It hit in January and part of February. So it did slow down, Ryder, but demand remains elevated, especially in their logistics side, their fleet side, like, All three of their segments saw big gains in the first quarter. But the shares, while they did get a bounce off of their lows on the earnings report, are still down 13% year to date. So the street just still doesn't really like the logistics companies. They don't, they they think if we're going into recession, this is where it's going to weaken and weaken quickly, but the companies aren't really seeing it. So shares are still down 13%. That's worse than the S&P 500 on the year, even though they beat and raised. And uh, dividend, they do pay one, and it's yielding a very nice and attractive 3.3%. PE now is, get this, their PE, 5.2. 5.2 for Ryder because it's a value, and the street is saying, eh, we don't really believe in that. We still want to buy Alibaba. We still want to buy Microsoft and Amazon. Who cares that Ryder beat and raised? We still are focused on the old cycle, not the new one. 
Um, so keep that in mind that, you know, these logistics companies are looking good. Again, that could all change. You get a slowdown in the economy, they will slow down too. But shares are very cheap here, even after the bounce off those recent lows. So um, if they turn down again, maybe even a bigger buy here for Rider Systems, ticker R. And then I'm gonna wrap it up with a retailer. Can't believe I'm saying that, but yes. But this retailer is a specialty one. It is Marine Max. I've talked about them before, H-Z-O is the ticker, H-Z-O. And Marine Max was a big pandemic winner because they're the world's largest recreational boat and yacht retailer. So what did we all do during the pandemic? We couldn't really go on vacation and we needed to be outdoors. So we all bought boats. So for two years, Marine Max has basically been at peak earnings. And the street has believed that all of these boat retailers and manufacturers along with the RVs, for instance, um, that all of these are, were peak. They were peak in 2020, but that wasn't true. Then the street believed, oh no, they'll peak in 2021. But that is not true because Marine Max already reported its recent second quarter resort results. It's on the fiscal year and they had another record quarter, record revenue up 17% to 610 million same store sales at their uh, retail locations up 7%. Now you might think, oh, that's not that great, 7%. But last year, second quarter, when they did get the big pandemic bounce, same store sales up 45% last year. So they did 45 last year. They did 7% on top of that 45 this year. So that's tremendous. That's 52% sales growth in a two-year stack, amazing. Um, they still say they're seeing strong demand and they said boating is a beneficiary of a changed world, right? The street still thinks, oh, we're going back. We're going back to not going out on those boats again. Um, you know, So that's over, nobody's gonna wanna buy that anymore. But they're arguing that uh, sentiment and mentality has changed about the outdoors, about how we vacation, although hotels are booming again. So we're still going to the hotels too. But um, you know, choices and lifestyle is changing, including the work from home push, the, the moving to where you know you want to live and to be happy where you're living. Um, no commute for many people, uh, or it's much shorter now. And now also, you know, living in the outdoors, on your boat, on the lake, uh, living in smaller towns perhaps, because you can now work from anywhere. All of these things are driving changes in lifestyle and Marine Max believes it's here to stay. So they raised their full year 2022 guidance. They got two more quarters, but they raised it substantially after a record second quarter on earnings as well. They also raised gross margins. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this report from Marine Max. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Um, but what are the shares doing? So everybody thought, you know, this is doomed, right? They, they thought last year it was doomed, but then it wasn't. 
But for sure this year, the economy is going to slow. What consumer has money to go buy a boat? What consumer has the money to put the fuel in the boat, right? You know, this is the doom and gloom story that's out there. But the consumer is still healthy. The job market is still strong and the consumer still has cash. And so they are still spending, at least for now. These shares are down 27.5% year to date. And so they gotten very cheap, even on the beat and the raise, um, still cheap. And their PE is just five, five times they're trading, no dividend with Marine Max, but they've got the free cash flow. Um, everything's working right for them. And shares dirt cheap. They get a little bit cheaper here. I mean, how cheap can they go? Two times, three times? That's crazy. But these are some of the things we're seeing out there in the market. We're seeing crazy things with the growth stocks, right? With the sell-offs with those, but also some buying opportunities with the value stocks with these fundamentals. All these stocks, again, that I just mentioned have the solid uh, earnings. So you're not getting that issue of, you know, how much am I paying for those sales necessarily with any of these? It's really how much am I paying for those earnings or even those dividends? And the answer is it's cheap. So take control by looking for stocks that are working right now. Get them on sale. Cast a wider net over all the things you've been interested in over the last several years. Um, also, don't fight the Fed, right? The Fed is now tightening. If we're not going to fight them when they're loosening, don't fight them when they're tightening. The growth stocks don't do as well when the Fed is tightening. We know this. So now's the time to look at your plan. Have a plan and look at it. Consider how well is it working? Is it getting you towards your goal? You'll feel better about the market sell-off. Um, you, you might not feel great, but you'll feel better even if the sell-off continues because you'll have a plan. The sell-off will end at some point. We will get another relief rally, which we saw in March. Um, you know, so that will help with your anxiety. But in the meantime, you will have maybe adjusted your plan. You will maybe have bought some stocks on sale. Uh, you will maybe be diversifying your portfolio so that you're um, not as exposed to the large cap growth stocks. Maybe you uh, you know are staying in cash and then going to deploy a little bit later when you feel a little less anxiety. All these things are okay to do because you you're going to have your plan. And that's really my big advice on these sell-offs. It's always been Kevin's big advice too. Have a plan. Um, those with the plan, you know, again, you are in control of your own plan, your own investing destiny. And so while everything is spiraling around you, while there's volatility and a sell-off going on, you can gain some control by uh, you know, having your plan and following it. So these are things that help me when there's these big sell-offs. And it even just helped me to do this podcast. It, it confirmed to me, like, what is my plan? 
I, I was thinking like, hmm, maybe I should be like, you know, making some changes here too. Because as I said, we all own the growth stocks, right? And um, we all need to be considering what the future holds and what companies we want to own. Because remember, as a long-term investor, you own the company. As a short-term trader, you don't care so much. You're just playing for the rebound. But this podcast, I'm really talking a little bit more about the longer-term investors who you know have an opportunity here, a real opportunity on these sell-offs. But you've got to have that plan. So let me recap the stocks I talked about. They're all dirt cheap, and I didn't even plan it like that. But I guess this is what is happening with the Zach's number one ranks and the style scores right now. Those stocks are the cheap by PE, at least, stocks. So that's an interesting development, right? Um, so what are they again? AutoNation, ticker AN. ConocoPhillips is the energy, ticker COP. They haven't reported. Should be a massive dividend, just FYI. Um, Huntsman, ticker HUN. Rider System, ticker R. And Marine Max, ticker HZO. So as always, you want to subscribe so that you're getting all of our podcasts. And I'm bringing you stock picks every week. And I am going to have Kevin back on because we can never get enough advice during a sell-off, right? And he will have even more than what I just gave out. So I will have Kevin back on um, and amongst our other Zach strategists. So be sure to subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music and SoundCloud. But get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.